0: Future proof gold with Jonathan McRae, proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk. We conventionally think of time as something simple and fundamental that flows uniformly, independently from everything else, from the past to the future, measured by clocks and watches. In the course of time, the events of the universe succeed each other in an orderly way pasts, presents, futures. The past is fixed, the future open. And yet all of this has turned out to be false. Theoretical physicist and author of The Order of Time, Carlo Rovelli, thank you so much. I thought that was absolutely fascinating.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much for having
0: me. You know, I, I I was going to do the whole interview mixed up in time. In an homage to your book and I, I and do the outro, the beginning, the in, intro in the middle. And, the, and I thought, you know what, that's probably going to be very confusing for people as it is. It's
1: confusing. So
0: I'll welcome you at the end, just, just to right. show that time is, is, has lost any sense of meaning. Um, and this is, I suppose, this is the central <laughs> premise of your book, that, that how we think of time, how we perceive time is completely false. Can you talk, talk to us about some of the ideas that you start off with in your book?
1: Yeah it's uh, the first part of my book I go through some something which is very well established actually there is nothing nothing new nothing really controversial but it's something which is not widely known, and uh, it's uh, it's it's very surprising. And, and uh, it all has to do with the fact that time works differently from uh, uh, the way we usually think about it. The first uh, uh, fact is that time, um, sort of, there's more time some, so- somewhere and less time somewhere else. Time passes a different speed uh, depending on where you are. And this this might be very strong in some region of the universe, but even here, in our planet, uh, time passes, passes faster in the mountains and slower uh, near the sea. So, if you if you go to the mountains, you age more. Uh, you have more time with respect to somebody who remains uh, down. Or even, very precisely, if you take two very good clocks, you raise one a little bit and you lower it again, it's not, it doesn't indicate the same time as the other clock who remained um,
0: low. Um, so time goes at a different speed depending on where you are. That's a fact. So that, that is something I know intellectually, but emotionally I cannot fathom. How is it possible that time is happening at different speeds? And how, how does that not totally destroy um, how we move about in the world?
1: Well, uh, <laughs> what it destroys is our intuition, our way of thinking about it. In the world where we live, these differences are very small. extremely small so you need a very very delicate very extremely accurate clocks to 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 detect it so now now with the modern technology it's easy to detect these uh, discrepancies but in our daily life uh, it's a matter of nanoseconds or milliseconds which we don't perceive so we just got used to this but if we if we start traveling outside the earth and uh, and uh, if we had starships that go faster or if we could go near very heavy stars or planets. Uh, then it would become normal for us that uh, uh, people would age a different speed. so uh, like in the film uh, Interstellar there could be uh, you know the, the young hero of the, of, of the movie that uh, uh, comes back from a trip uh, he still is in middle Ages he has a band of, of I don't know 40s uh, and he meets his little daughters who is older much older than him than him. So, if we had this experience more, it would uh, look normal to us the hmm. to the the fact that we age differently. And if you think about it is a little bit the other way around, how did we get the idea that time passes over to the same speed? After all, our intuitive experience is not like that, right? there are some some hours which are short, um some hours which you get bored are very long. Huh. So we do not have a, an intuitive experience of a common time. We have an intuitive experience of a flexible time. Then we were sort of uh, went to school, and they told us, "No, no, no, no. There is a time. Where physics is a. Uh, it's unique. The same
0: for everybody." But we were told of that. Well, it's not true. It, but it, I mean, once you acknowledge that, depending on what speed you're traveling, or how high are high up in the air you are, the time is traveling at a different speed. Once you acknowledge that, then. It must totally explode your understanding of what time is.
1: Yes, it, it does, and I think the the most uh, violent conclusion is that once you go in, once you go in the details, uh, what you realize that's uh, that the biggest conclusion I think is that the idea of a present um, of a now, which is well defined uh, uh, everywhere, all over the universe. Uh, uh, it just doesn't uh, doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. So you and I can uh, We live in the same now even if we if we are a bit distance because light, light is so fast It goes back and forth, but if you were on, on, on a different planet uh, light would take uh, uh, Hours to go back and forth between us uh, and uh, we would not have the notion of a common now uh, you could send signal. You could send signals to me. I could send signals to you, but we were living in different times, and these different times is the correct way of thinking about the world. Every every uh, point of the universe, every region of the universe has its own time, so to say. And they ask the question, what is abs- happening right down a different galaxy, is literally a meaningless question. Um, It has no sense. There's no sense of that. Here are the things happening now. A different galaxy has its its own time. There's no now, there's no common now between the two. And this shatters our intuition about the world in a very strong manner, I would say.
0: I've spoken and, and heard um, about perception a lot on this program. It's the one thing that it, it, from my history of doing eight years of science broadcasting, how we perceive the world and how the world objectively is, the difference between that has been a source of absolute fascination for me. And what you're saying essentially is that because we use our perception to, to measure time, we uh, we see things, we hear things, uh, and those, those things take time, to, to themselves happen, for, for photons to hit our eyes, for sound to hit us, that because we perceive th- those things, that we cannot ever have the same moment in time because they in themselves distort the sense of now.
1: Yeah, look, it's very simple. If you look around you, uh, you see what's around you now, right? Well, not really right, because time, light... Light uh, travels at a finite speed, so it takes a time to to go from an object to your eye. So when you look something, you don't see the object in the present; you see the object in the past. Right. Hmm. Uh, if you think for a moment, you never see the present. You always see the past. <laughs> you always see even even uh, something near you, something which is a couple of meters from you. It, the, the light takes two nanoseconds to get to you. Well, you see how it was two nanoseconds ago. And if you if you if you think at the largest uh, universe, when we look at the stars, the stars, uh, the light that gets to us left that star um, years and years ago. And sometimes. Uh, centuries ago or millennia ago now of course in in if we are in the same room uh, the the travel time for light is nanoseconds which is really uh nothing for us so it's much below uh, the perspective the, the the perceptual capacity we have we don't resolve nanoseconds we don't even resolve uh, milliseconds or, or hundreds of a second so for us uh, uh, we We say we look at the present. So you look at me, I look at you, and we are in the same present. But there's always this discrepancy, and as soon as you and I are far away, this discrepancy becomes crucial. If you were uh, not near me, but uh, distant from me, in a different planet, uh, light will take much time to go back and forth, so we would not have the idea of uh, talking to one another in the in the present, we would know that there's no common present, and you are right. So uh, science is all a slow discovery that uh, the way we look at the world um, is not which is not that's false is is approximate. It's uh, it it misses aspect of reality, and uh, uh, we we have instruments, we have uh, our intelligence, we study, and we discover that the reality is for complex, right? I mean, the Earth is uh, it's a sphere, it's not flat, and, uh, and, and, it, and it moves, it goes around itself, it spins, and so on and so forth. So um, uh, the world is more complicated than uh, uh, the way we, we, the intuition we have about it. And uh, and that's, I find this beautiful, and uh, what we usually see is not wrong, it's just an approximation, and uh, uh, science is seeing beyond it.
0: We're talking to Carlo Rovelli, uh, who's director of the Quantum Gravity Group at the Centre of uh, Physique Theoretic at Aix-Marseille University. He's also author of The Order of Time, and he's talking about how time doesn't really exist. Uh, We're going to go deeper into that in a few minutes' time series. Time, he's
2: waiting in the wings. He speaks of senseless things.
0: His script is you and me. he flexes like a whore, falls wanking to the floor, his trick is you and me, boy, time! I'm not a victim. You just scream with boredom. You I'm not evicting time. Welcome back to Future Brief on News Talk 106 to 108, where we're talking to Carlo Ravelli, author of *The Order of Time*, and he's basically exploded the idea that time is a uh, constant. Uh, and if you were listening to that commercial break, it either went quickly or slowly, depending on how high up in the air you were and if you were travelling or staying still. So if we if we don't have a now, Carlo, if if now is sort of a concept rather than a reality, then is time just a, a an ordering of things in our mind rather than something objective?
2: I would say it's a combination of the two. Um, there are things happening uh, uh, in the world. Uh, it's not that there's no time in the world uh, in the sense that nothing happens there. But uh, the way we order the happening of the world uh, uh, depend both on the world and on the way we think about it. So... our common intuition of time uh, depends in parts of the structure of the world, but in a large part also from the way our brain uh, uh, works. We have uh, um, memories of the past, we have anticipation of the future, and we what we usually call time uh, is this uh, open space created by our memories and our anticipation. So I think to, um, to grasp, to understand the full complexity of the what we usually call time, our, our common notion of time, is not just a matter of physics, it's also a matter of neurobiology and uh, the studies of the brain and how we think.
0: You've linked time to, to entropy. Can, can you explain uh, the similarities there? And Maybe we might start off with, with what entropy is.
2: Yeah, that's one of the most uh, um, striking aspects of time, I would say. And... Uh, um, the point is the following, that we have an experience of time in which the future and the past are completely different, right? The past is uh, it's, uh, it's done already, it's fixed, it cannot be changed, we have memories, uh, we have traces, uh, we have pictures of the past, uh, but we don't have pictures of the future, we don't have memories of the future. The future is open, it's not determined, it's, uh, we can decide about it. So it's completely different past and future. Now, Something that has happened in, in science, and physics in particular, which has been a great surprise, uh, is the discovery that uh, um, the origin of this distinction between the past and the future is far more subtle than uh, what would, one would expect. In fact, the, all the equations, all the fundamental equations in physics uh, do not distinguish the past from the future. Newton equation, Maxwell equation, Einstein equation, all the basic equations that tell us Sort of the grammar of the world uh, do not distinguish the past and the future. So the only uh, set, the only equation that distinguishes the past and the future. So the only point where there is actually a, dis- a difference uh, is uh, when there is heat, uh, when there is temperature, and the distinction between the past and the future is is captured by this quantity, the thermodynamical quantity which is called entropy, and uh, what entropy and heat and temperature measure is not a a thing. A heat is not a thing. It's a movement of many, many small molecules, right? So these are all notions that have to do with many, many objects, uh, temperature, heat, uh, entropy. And entropy uh, measures the amount of disorder um, among uh, the motion of molecules. So if you think uh, that uh, you have a box with white and black uh, both, uh, if the white and black are well separated, they're in order, and it's low entropy. If they're all mixed up, uh, they're mixed, and so it's high entropy. And uh, the only uh, distinction between the past and the future is this growth in entropy, so this mixing, this uh, getting out of order. And this is incredible, because uh, the, the spectacular, enormous difference between the past and the future is nothing else than the disordering of the universe. Right, things get disordered by themselves. Um, if you if you if you go to your little child's room, it doesn't get ordered by itself. It get disordered by itself. You have to do something to put order. So the question now becomes: Why was the universe ordered in the past? Right? The only that's the only source of difference between the future and the past. The, when you say that, afil- so people listening,
0: yeah. they might find that a, a confusing idea. But what you're saying is the 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 equations that we used to explain how the universe is that in in these equations, in these models, the only thing where time seems to to be addressed as a thing where time, as you put it, passes, is in is in the the thermodynamics, in the movement of heat. And, uh, and I suppose the, the example might be um, a, an ice cube in a, in a in a glass of hot water. Um, before the ice cube is is, is, is is in one state, and when it goes into the hot water, it disappears and there's more entropy. And so there is a difference in that a- a- equation that there's a before and an after, but in, in, in the rules of, of the rest of the entire understanding that we have of physics, the, the, this idea of b- before and after doesn't exist. Is that what you're saying?
2: The difference between the past and the future doesn't exist. If you see a pendulum and you take a movie and you, you show the movie backward, uh, it's still a pendulum. There's uh, no difference. It's still a good motion. But if you see a pendulum slowing down and then stopping, uh, you know that if you if you take a movie and show the movie backward, uh, that doesn't make sense because don't don't start moving by themselves. So here, there is a difference between the past and the future and look, why does it pendulum slows down because of friction that creates some heat and the heat moves the molecules in the where, 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 where the pendulum is hanging. So some of the motion of the pendulum becomes disordered motion of the molecules. So you see the the, the difference between the future and the past is always an increase in disorder. Nothing else. Nothing else in the world uh, distinguish the past from the future except uh, the growing of disorder.
0: I mean, you say disorder. You mean heat? Heat.
2: Heat and that is, is just such a, a
0: crazy idea that time is essentially the movement of heat.
2: It isn't a crazy idea, but it's true. It's happened to be true. The, <laughs> there is nothing if if you um, if you only consider mechanical thing when there is no heat at all, no friction, no, then uh, uh, there is no distinction between forward movement and, and uh, backward movement in time. They're both equally possible, equally likely. Uh, they're both equally non-surprising, no-surprising. It's only with there is heat uh, that we have uh, what they call in, in science irreversible phenomena, so phenomena that if you if you look at them backward in time, they'll make
0: sense. I'm just letting that sink in, that idea, and I'm trying to think of examples to trick you out, but a. This is something that you have clearly thought about, and B, you have much better qualifications. So obviously, <laughs> no, all of the perfect. examples I'm coming are going now. Yeah, I can see how that's heat, and and, I, and that and, and that, that that is a crazy idea. That you know, um, making a photograph, right. everything. This is all movement of heat. But if but if you're talking about something that uh, does not interact with with, with anything, like a, a, a steel ball in space. You're right, the the, the difference well, yeah, between the the before take, take a before and
2: after is The entire solar system that like we studied at school, the, the moon going around the Earth and the Earth going around the sun. If you take a movie and show it backward, there's still perfectly uh, a reasonable movement of a planet and a satellite, right? Is uh, mm. Because there's no heat there, there's no dissipation, there's no disorder.
0: Okay, so um, let's talk about the, the more recent science that sort of really um, asked more curious questions and and i suppose quantum physics is, is an area that we've spoken about um on on the show that sort of confounds our understanding of certainly distance but also time as well
2: yeah uh, all we have said so far even if it is very surprising it's well established uh science so mm. to say something we, we we know very well and uh it's written in textbooks, Uh, we study at university. Um, But then uh, when we go to more um, open problems and problems for which we're working, and all all my uh, life as a scientist has been devoted to that, uh, as you say, uh, what is not yet understood and we are studying the quantum properties uh, of space and time, and we know that space and time must have quantum properties, and uh, the big open problem is uh, to write a quantum theory of gravity uh, because gravity affects space and time, and so this will tell us the quantum property of space and time. And here, things become even more uh, wild, if I would say, because uh, um, we have tentative equations for a quantum theory of gravity. Uh, some equations were written back in the in the 60s and were uh, ameliorated understood better. And in these equations, what is surprising is that there's no time variable at all. You don't have the T variable. And this was realized uh, a few decades ago, but now we sort of understand much better. And um, most of my life as a scientist has been trying to understand what is the meaning of having a fundamental theory of the world without any time variable at all. And the reason is because, uh, first of all, you don't have one preferred clock. You have many possible clocks. Uh, each one going at a different speed. And the clocks themselves are quantum objects, so they can be in superposition of different times. And um, uh, so you cannot think at the fundamental level in terms of just time passing. Uh, you have to think only in terms of many, many variables, including clock variables, which have a probabilistic relation between uh, between them. And our common idea of time it's only an approximation that comes uh, when you look at the theory sort of from from a distance. You look at space uh, and, and, uh, and, and the gravitational field from a distance, and you disregard all this quantum uh, fuzziness, so to say.
0: What what, what does that mean t- to us then? And maybe you might break that down. Like, um, how is removing time from the the equation? useful and and what does it say about the nature of our universe
2: well i think that uh, this forces us to rethink time uh, entirely Uh, to some extent uh, surprisingly not in a very new manner because uh, um, it is newton that has uh, told us uh, to think about time uh, um, as something that exists by itself you know time passes Uh, and we're going back to a sort of pre-Newtonian understanding of time, which time is just one way of counting things that happen, right? Day, night, day, night, day, night, and we count the days, one day, two days, three days. This is time, this counting. So time is not an entity, it's not something by itself, it's not something that the flows. It's just our way of counting things that happen around us. So this very local, very perspectival, There the is a very particular sort of notion of time survives because we can count days and night and this, this is time.
0: Because it was what useful. To, it, it, it was a completely it's subjective useful. view of, of, of time, but it, it was useful for us because of the way we perceive the world.
2: Right, because in our world, in our approximation, in our here, where there's heat, there's temperature, there's entropy that grows and everything else, this is a good way of organizing things uh but it's not it's not anymore a good way of organizing things when you go into the microphysics uh, and probably not even when you go uh, cosmology at large it's not a good way of think about time when we think about the what happens in big bang or or the structural universe at scales larger than our, uni- our own
0: universe so then how should we in in the future think about time because i know that's something you you cover in the end of, of your book how if if time is essentially a construct of of ourselves to help us find order, how should we be thinking about time from a scientific point of view?
2: I think that the main message here is that uh, we should not think time as a single um, monolithic concept uh, with all its usual property. We should think time but rather as a multi-layered uh, notion. Uh, Stratified notion, which uh, uh, gains uh, more and more properties uh, the more uh, we we go into some approximation, and the more we go into our own uh, own special regime of of life. So there is a good notion of time, which is uh, everyday life uh, for us, and we we, we think that light uh, it goes at infinite speed. Uh, Nothing moves very fast. There are no big differences in, in in the speed of clocks. That's a good notion of time. There is a weaker notion of time, which is good when we uh, start looking at larger domains. And then there is no time at all when we look at the largest possible domain. So we have to learn um, at, at look at uh, these uh, different layers in the notion of time. And I think it's important to consider the fact that, that some of these layers. Uh, are really special to us. Uh, uh, the, se- the sense of flow, the sense of um, time passing, the, the the sense of the speed of time we have in our life, this has nothing to do with physics. This has to do about with our, bla- our brain, with the way we remember the past, mm. the way we... Uh, the, the, the There is a book by a neuroscientist uh, recent, uh, uh, the title of the book is uh, Your Brain is a Time Machine. Mm. Uh, the brain literally... Construct the uh, uh, the past and the future by by memories and anticipations in, in the same and,
0: uh, way as as our brain perceives red and yellow and green because it's useful to us but not because those things actually exist um, and I think exactly. that, you know it's a really interesting exactly. idea to think about it, uh, actually just f- finishing up Carlo in any of your understandings of of, of time uh, be they weak or strong do you perceive a possibility of time travel that we could somehow travel back in the past uh, or, or or quickly into the future?
2: Look, uh, time travel is what we do in our life, right? We just time travel for, for, for a few decades and that's what <laughs> we do it all the time. Quickly in the future is easy. It's certainly possible and uh, our science tell us that it's, uh, it's just a matter of uh, money. Money. Uh, if you construct a fast enough uh, uh, starship, you can uh, you can make a trip and come back arbitrarily far in the future as you want. So, hmm. time travel to the future is certainly possible, and it's just an issue of technology. Time travel to the past, uh, it's a different story. Um, I think that uh, it's not logically impossible. Um, there's a great uh, philosopher who was in Australia, Mr. David Lewis, who wrote a marvelous article uh clarifying that there's nothing illogical to travel to the to the past but uh, it's uh, it would be a, to go against uh, the laws of thermodynamics which are probabilistic so it's something extremely improbable you see r- uh, time time travel to the past essentially means being in the past and remembering the future and remembering the future it's so hard uh, precisely because of uh, of the disordering of the world so it's a uh, Possible in principle, but uh, practically impossible. I would say. I'm sorry, we cannot go back in time to <laughs> to see to see uh, two hundred years ago how things were.
0: Well, author of the Order of Time, theoretical physicist Carlo Ravelli, you're very welcome to the program.
2: <laughs> Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you now.
0: Future-proof gold with Jonathan McRae, proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk.